Good to be with you this morning and enjoyed being with you last year, but good to be back again. Um, I bring you greetings from the Christian Villages at Mason and Mount Healthy and the Christian Benevolent Association. And some of you are probably familiar as well with Worthington Christian Village. We're not technically uh, connected in terms of our operations, but we definitely are in terms <laughs> of the brotherhood. And uh, I know um, a lot of folks at Worthington as well, but uh, I'm working with Cincinnati uh, area uh, villages there at Mason and Mount Healthy. Um, I appreciate uh, the opportunities to preach and with your minister being gone on vacation, uh, doing some uh, travel, uh, gave me the opportunity to come. I was glad I could be here because um, I was a located preacher for many, many years and I preached at Bainbridge, Ohio, where the famous fall festival of leaves is, you know, and then I preached in uh, Fairfield, Ohio, Butler County, Fairfield, and then in Washington Courthouse, Ohio, and then in Glen Estee uh, was the last uh, church I served full-time before I took the job I have now. So I didn't know how much preaching I was going to get to do with this new position, but it's turned out to be really great. I'm getting to do a lot of preaching, <laughs> a lot of filling in, a lot of sharing with different congregations. In fact, I've started carrying the bulletin from the previous week so I can remember where I was. I was in Grassy Creek, Kentucky last Sunday morning um, preaching, so it is a, it's a joy. I want to make one little plug, one little announcement real quick. Uh, last year, we, we hosted a Seniors Day at uh, Hillsborough Family Camp. And I know you support Butler Springs Camp, so you know where Hillsboro is. And um, the family camp there we had, uh, I was hoping for the first year, I thought if I could get 100 seniors there from all the area churches and so forth, I was going to be satisfied. Well, we had 150, so I was very pleased with that number. And this year we're hoping to have even more. So if anybody wants to get grouped together, it's on a Friday, September 21st. Um, we'll meet at 10.30, we've got a Ponderosa lunch, and we've got Bob Stacy preaching from Middletown, Ohio, and we'll have some great music, fellowship, and then we'll dismiss around, probably around 1.30, so that then people can get on back home before traffic gets really bad, you know, on a Friday, so uh, if anybody's interested in that, I, I'm going to leave a, a couple bulletins with you, and um, love to have a group come down from Springfield Church of Christ. This morning, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, there's our text, which is printed in your bulletin, verses 25 through 33. Luke chapter 10, verses 25 to 33. If you would, would you please stand at the reading of God's Word, and then we'll remain standing for a prayer, and I'll get into the message this morning. Luke chapter 10, 25 to 33. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Then Jesus answered and said, 
A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Shall we pray? Father, we thank you for uh, the opportunities we have in life. When we see need, when we know of a hurt, we know of someone who just needs a little extra attention, a little extra care. Lord, help us to be like the Good Samaritan. Let's be people who will share and will show that we care. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to worship in freedom this morning, and let's never take that for granted. We constantly want to, Father, give you the glory and praise in all things, as in this worship this morning. And Lord, when we leave this place, that we will take uh, the blessings that we have received here today from your hand and take it and share it with other people in our community. Lord, forgive us of our sin, and when we've been stingy, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. A preacher told the story about a woman who fainted in church, and they got up, and someone had their smartphone, called 911 because she totally passed out. They didn't know what was wrong. Um, So the squad came, and when they were getting ready to take her out of the uh, Sanctuary. She, she rallied a little bit, and she motioned for her daughter to come near. And the daughter leaned close to her and what her mother had to say, and her mother whispered to her, My offering is in my purse. I think that's pretty good, that a person in the midst of a physical struggle at the moment wasn't forgetting that they wanted to give to the Lord and give their offering to share. You know, we're going to talk about some of these uh, characters here in this account in Luke chapter 10, because I think there's some interesting comparisons obviously here. And I want us to all look in the mirror this morning, and I am too, and examine our own hearts and see where we are sometimes in these situations in our life. And when we talk about these religious leaders, the Samaritan, Um, We look at at the plot that's in motion, the thieves who attacked the victim. The thieves were walking down the Jericho Road looking for what they could take. You see the heart of a robber, the first thought here uh, this morning, the heart of a robber. They have a desire to take what you have (laughs) or what I have to break into your car, to break into your home, to break into the store, sometimes using violent force, unfortunately, and people have suffered from that. Other times, um, you know, fortunately, maybe no one was hurt, but there was significant loss. My wife, when I was preaching in Washington Courthouse, Ohio, worked at the Dairy Queen, (laughs) and there at the Dairy Queen... Uh, the boss had told them, if anyone ever comes up to the drive through or comes into the store and wants everything, give it to them. I don't want anybody to get hurt. 
I want you all to be safe. And I always thought that that was a good thing. Fortunately, during the tenure of my wife's work there, it never did occur, at least while she was working there. But you know, when this happens, it's pretty traumatizing. And I wonder what kind of a neighbor are we, and hopefully we are good neighbors. I want a little trivia here this morning, and this goes back a few years, some of them. Um, Can you name the famous neighbors of these people here, okay? Uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Anybody know? Wilson. It was Wilson. Maybe you don't know Tim the Toolman Taylor. <laughs> uh, now this one, some of you obviously will know. Ricky and Lucy, Ricardo, Fred and Ethel, Mertz, Darren and Samantha Stevens. Anybody remember that one? Mrs. Kravitz, you remember her? Uh, Abner and Gladys Kravitz. Jerry Seinfeld. Yep, Kramer, Cosmo Kramer. Scripture calls us to be good neighbors. And you know, for the most part, in those old shows, um, there were some good times, and there were some bad times as well in those relationships of those neighbors. But you know, we look at those instances of, of the good times and the bad times and the consistency of a person who cares, who's willing to forgive, who's willing to move on and not you know, hold that grudge. Luke 10.25, on one occasion an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he, said, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Part of the Shema in the Old Testament was repeated twice daily by pious Jews from ancient times even to today. Leviticus 19.18, love your neighbor as yourself. Who is my neighbor? You know... uh, Obviously, this world would be a whole lot better place, wouldn't it, if we all worked in this area of relationships and um, getting along with one another. There's an old Polish proverb that said, if everyone would sweep their own porch, the whole neighborhood would be clean. How am I doing personally in my own life in making these relationships the best that they can possibly be? Am I contributing to them being good? Or am I failing in some way in my life in making them what they should be in good relationships? Jesus then tells the account of this um, uh, person who's traveling, going down the road. They're robbed. Uh, Others approach him in, in his desperation, in his need. This journey from Jerusalem to Jericho, 20 miles of mountainous, rocky trails, descending 3,000 feet from the hills of Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. Isolated, barren, and unprotected territory where bands of robbers roamed and terrorized the travelers. And this traveler was accosted on the road and was left clinging to his life. You see, the heart of the robber is this. What's yours is mine, and I'm going to take it. That's the heart of a robber. What's yours is mine. I'm going to take it. 
Chances are, and I'm, I say this very hopefully, and I say it confidently. I should be able to say this confidently. <laughs> there is no one sitting here planning to commit highway robbery when you leave this place today. Amen? Okay, okay. All right, good. You're all with me on that. Uh, but you know, there are some subtle ways that we might rob in a sense. Proverbs 20.10 says, Differing weights and differing measures, the Lord detests them both. You know, in business, when people conduct business, I had a gentleman tell me this many years ago, one church where I was the preacher, and I was visiting with him during the week, and he was, he was like, you know, I'm a Christian, but when I go to work, I have to be a businessman. <laughs> I think you know what he meant. I knew what he meant by that. He meant there might be some corners he'd have to cut or somebody he'd have to cheat or some under-the-table deal that he would have to do. And I was thinking, you know what? If, if you have to feel that way about the job that you're doing, I would change jobs. I wouldn't do those things that make you feel unchristian in doing the job. And if it costs you that job, I think God will take care of you and always honors faithful, righteous behavior before Him. And in the long run, you always come out ahead, right? When you do what's right before the Lord. God expects complete honesty in us. Anything less uh, than total integrity is robbery in God's eyes. Proverbs 20.17 Food gained by fraud tastes sweet to a man, but he ends up with a mouthful of gravel. I've never had a mouthful of gravel myself, but it doesn't sound very appetizing, does it to you? We may look at something as clever, uh, as a way to get ahead, but if it involves tricking or defrauding others, God will hold us guilty as the thief in the parable. Religious leaders in the parable were not breaking any laws. Most people would say they were just minding their own business. But the religious leaders were walking down the Jericho Road with the attitude, and that is the attitude of selfishness because they were only looking out for their own interests. So that's the second thought here this morning on your outline there on the sermon is the result of being selfish. These two witnesses of what had occurred, what the robber did to this poor guy that's laying there on the wayside, the priest and the Levite. You know, in some ways I'm reminded of what can happen sometimes to us when we see some kind of a need or situation where maybe we can help and we're running a little bit late for, for church. <laughs> I actually thought about that on the way here today. I thought, do I have the number at that church in case I get uh, off to the side of the road or, or you know, have problems? Um, being late somewhere that you don't want to be late to. And so we're so stressed and we're so um, hurried in our, in our routines that we ignore something that perhaps we could help out with and, and take care of. The priest and the Levite came along, and um, they were, maybe were, they were in a hurry. They were concerned about becoming unclean before their temple service. 
Uh, the bottom line that these two religious leaders uh, failed at this important spiritual test. The Levite and the priest in Luke 10 would never believe they were uh, anything like thieves or robbers. But the way God sees it, if we hoard what he has given us, we are as bad as that robber. We're selfish. We're wanting um, what's best for us and ignoring a need that someone else has. Malachi 3, 8 through 10 God asks a shocking question, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me, but how, you ask? How do we rob you? God goes on to explain, you rob me in tithes and offerings. You are under a curse, the whole nation of you, because you are robbing me. What would be worse, to rob a stranger on the Jericho Road or to rob the Almighty God Himself? I don't know about you, But that one verse is all I need to tell me. I need to get serious about giving back to God because He has given me so much and blessed me in so many ways. You know, we look at the promise that God gave next in this passage. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord. And see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room Enough for it. Being a giving person, being a person who's not selfish, can bring tremendous blessings to your life. You know, in Palestine, there are the two seas, um, the Sea of Galilee and the Dead Sea. The Jordan River feeds uh, the Sea of Galilee out of Mount Hermon. And around its shores, there's lots of life. There's greenery. Um, The water in the Sea of Galilee is fresh and there are fish jumping and fishermen out there bringing in their haul. Um, It's just teeming with life and lots of people around. But you notice that the Sea of, uh, the Red, excuse me, the Jordan River, I'll get there, I almost went to the Red Sea, sorry. (laughs) The Jordan River comes out on the south side of the Sea of Galilee and flows into the Dead Sea. And when you go to the Dead Sea, around its shores, there's no greenery. There are no fish jumping or fishermen out there, you know, bringing in a haul. That's why it's called the Dead Sea. It's dead. It doesn't give. It only receives the same water as the Sea of Galilee. But the Sea of Galilee gives. And the Dead Sea keeps and keeps and keeps and keeps and keeps. It's dead. Folks, we can't ever think that by accumulating things that we are going to arrive. You know, um, I've always been amazed at people, and I've been very impressed with people who uh, are great givers. They never brag about it. They don't tell you about it. But, you know, when you're in close relationship with somebody, you kind of begin to figure out that this person is, is, is a giver. And you, you know, maybe have to hear through the grapevine because they try to keep a lot of it anonymous and so forth. But they're always willing to, to give. I always think of a gentleman in my home church. I grew up at the, um, it was then called the Fairy Church of Christ. <laughs> at uh, near Waynesville, Ohio. That's where I grew up. My dad was an elder there. And there was a gentleman there in that congregation that was just a, a great giver. 
as a college student, I wanted to go on a short-term mission trip. And the word got back to him that I needed a certain amount of money to cover my mission trip expenses. And almost immediately, he gave me a pretty good chunk of what I needed for that mission trip. And I found out he was doing that for a lot of other students, a lot of other people as well. Just a really great guy, a guy who was just so willing to give and to share wherever he could in helping the kingdom, helping our brotherhood in, in the needs that we have. And what a, what a joyous person he was to be around. Let's be a person who's willing to share. But the selfish attitude is this. What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. What's mine is mine, and I'm going to keep it. Don't hang on till our knuckles turn white. It's good to be able to learn uh, to let go, as hard as that is. I want to give you one other thought about this selfish idea, uh, because I've fallen prey to that many times. I didn't think there was ever going to be a boy good enough for my girl, right? No. You know, I was going to let her date when she was turned 30, and I was going to sit in the back seat whenever she went on a date, you know. Um, but she met a great guy, and, um, and they have a great marriage, three of my grandchildren, and, and uh, it's a blessing. But I'll tell you what, it was really, and I'm a preacher, and, you know, I took part in the wedding, um, and, of course, I went and walked her down the aisle to give her hand to him, and it's tough, dads, isn't it? To give your little girl away, you know, and give her hand in marriage. But I had to let go. I had to let her go. I had to let her fly. And she has. And you know, um, she's such a sharing, caring person. Her and her husband were missionaries in Ukraine for eight years. And when Putin came in a few years ago, they were in Crimea. Uh, he came into Crimea. And they had to leave. They tried to stay as long as they could. But the people that they had worked with all those years said, you probably ought to go. It's not the same. We went to bed Ukrainians, and we woke up Russians. And the whole landscape in Crimea changed because of that invasion and that take back of Crimea as Russia and, you know, um, when my daughter was able to then get out of Crimea, she called and um, or emailed or uh, texted or whatever. I forget now exactly how. Well, we probably got the messages all three ways uh, that she wanted us to pray for her and her husband and the three kids that we, they would get out safely. And when they were crossing the border from Crimea to go up into the upper part of Ukraine, um, we, my wife and I said, you know, she said to, to pray for her at this time. She gave us the exact time. So we held hands and prayed. And when I said amen, my phone went ping, which is my text signal. And she said, Dad, we made it safely across the border. And I thought, Lord, I know you answer prayers, but wow, <laughs> that was a quick one. The timing unbelievable and God is good and when we learn to share we learn to be givers we find great joy and that's the third thought here this morning is the the joy of sharing and caring with for one another and others in chapter 10 verse 33 of Luke 
But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. And that word origin there, uh, the word origin, uh, that idea of, of taking pity on someone, is to suffer with someone. It's kind of like sympathy and empathy. Sympathy, we might feel sorry for someone, but empathy is we try to really put ourselves in their place and empathize with them. There's a story told about a man named Bob Pierce. Bob Pierce had advanced leukemia, and he went to visit a friend in Indonesia before he died. As they were walking through a small village, he came upon a young girl lying on a bamboo mat next to a river. She was dying of cancer, and she only had a short time to live. Bob was upset. He said, why isn't she in a clinic? Why isn't someone taking care of her? But his friend explained that she was from the jungle, and she wished to spend her last days next to the river where it was cool and familiar. As Bob gazed at her, he felt such compassion that he got down on his knees in the mud and took her hand and began stroking her hand. Although she didn't understand him, he prayed for her. Afterward, she looked up and said something. What did she say, Bob asked his friend. His friend replied, she said, if I could only sleep again, if I could only sleep again. And Bob began to weep. Then he reached into his pocket, took out his own sleeping pills, the ones the doctor had given him because the pain from his leukemia was too great for him to sleep at night. And he handed the bottle to his friend. You make sure this young lady gets a good night's sleep as long as these pills last. Bob was 10 days away from where he could get a refill to his prescription. That meant 10 painful, restless nights. Now that's sharing. And it brought joy to his heart to be able to share with someone else who was suffering and even closer to death than he was. He went to him, it says, about the Good Samaritan. A priest was going down the road, but he passed on the other side. This man had a heart for healing and for helping someone and seeing to it that they were cared for. And as you read down through this passage in Luke chapter 10, one of the things that sticks out to me is when he left him to be cared for and his overnight accommodations to be taken care of and so forth, he said, any additional expenses above and beyond what I have given to you, if you incur those expenses, I will repay you that amount when I return. That's going the extra mile, isn't it? That's a person who's really showing how much they care and having a heart of sacrifice. He went to him and bandaged his wounds. Proverbs 19.17 puts it this way, He who is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. When we're able to share and show kindness to other people, persons, we in turn are going to be blessed, aren't we? From the Samaritan in the parable and the words of Proverbs 19, we learn the benefits and blessings attached to generosity as well as the curses attached to selfishness and greed. So we abhor the mindset that says what's yours is mine and I'm going to take it. 
And we also know to avoid thinking, what's mine is mine and I will keep it. So we let our master teach us how to say and live out the words, what's mine is yours, Lord, and I will gladly share it. I will gladly give it. Greater love has no one than this, than that he lay down his life for his friends. John 15, 13. The next time we're tempted to turn aside or to turn away, think about how Jesus lived, how he looked out for those who were the unlovely, the unwanted, those who many people in society at that time thought they were not needed. Jesus reached out to them. Who is it that we can reach out to in our connections, in our neighborhood, at work, or at play, wherever we are. Keep an eye out for those opportunities that are right in front of you. And we'll miss it if we're not in tune to that possibility. The parables of Jesus teach us. uh, And Jesus reminds us of the life and death issues and the example of helping to restore and help a person's life. And remember to be a good Samaritan next time you're walking down the Jericho Road and you see someone in need. We're going to have a time of invitation today. And as we sing this invitation, you know there are people who are hurting and obviously who are in need. And Jesus can meet those needs. He provides for us the opportunity to come to Him, to be saved. His blood was shed for us at Calvary that we might have forgiveness of our sin. We do that by confessing Jesus before men. He will confess us before our Father in heaven. And we do that by repenting, turning from sin, being buried with the Lord in waters of baptism to rise to walk in newness of life. If you're here today and not yet made that decision, why not today? Why not now? Why not come to Jesus?